Hello and welcome to Anti-Culture, the cultural podcast that seeks to reestablish the North American concept of culture by instead focusing on the stories of the individuals around us. I'm your culturally ambiguous and culturally mixed host, Josiah Sinanen. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode two of our journey into Albertan cultural identity. I'm very excited for this episode, and weirdly enough, a lot of people have asked me about this one and have commented their excitement that I'm talking to someone from Zama City. If you don't know where Zama City is, don't worry, we're in this together, and we'll be getting into that shortly here. I just want to add a quick note about last week's episode. I am very appreciative of all the engagement from everyone who listened in, and I got some really insightful commentary on my interview with Tehila and her unique Alberta experience. I had some people disagree with some of what she was saying, which I found to be perfect as a means of conversation moving forward. Throughout this podcast, my primary goal is to highlight the authentic nature of someone's experience. Some of what people have to say may not necessarily be politically correct. In fact, some things are probably things they would never say to your face. That's partly why I made this podcast. As I mentioned in my last episode, What's important is that we realize these people don't speak on behalf of anyone but themselves. I think you'll find there's a lot of contrasting opinions as we delve into other guest stories, and I'm excited to get into more. I am here to be a listening ear and empower people to share their real experiences. So I'll encourage you, when listening to these episodes, approach it in the same way, and you'll get the most out of it. Now back to Zama City! Here's a little excerpt from my guest, Kayla Wardley, who's lived in Zama City for 23 years, somewhat explaining it. We're going to get a bit more into it after this, but here's a little taste. Zama is located in the very northwest corner of Alberta. Uh, It's actually, kind of fun fact, uh, one of Alberta's youngest communities. It was founded in the 1960s to serve oil and gas industry, so it's a pretty new little town. I feel that being from the North is something to be proud of because not a lot of people can, I don't think, can do it. Like, it's definitely a totally different world up here. Mm -hmm. All right, so pretty interesting off the bat. It's a town that's only been around since the 60s, which I can't say I know many towns like that. So we're going to get back into more of where Zama's actually located because I know a lot of people have no idea that this place is even in Alberta. If you're listening to the podcast on your phone or on your computer, I guess it doesn't matter, or if you are old school and have access to an atlas, I want you to type in or look up Alberta. So physically, go on Google Maps, type in Alberta, even if you're from here. Just go ahead and do that. And now once you have a nice spread of the province that pops up, I want you to zoom out a little bit and take a look at Alberta in context. So it's Western Canadian, the Rocky Mountains are on one side, and farmland and hoodoos are on the other side. And it's a giant chunk of land. Takes around 20 hours to drive from bottom to top. That is a true fact. So that's almost the length that's needed to drive from Madrid, Spain to Berlin, Germany. And in our minds, in North America, those are two very different cultures and people groups. But Alberta encapsulate that same space for a generalized group of people. So what's above the city Edmonton, which is in the middle of the province, the capital, What is above that is rarely questioned or concerning to people, especially people from Calgary and Edmonton, who assume it's just farmland and empty space. And in a lot of ways, they're right, but there is way more to the picture, 
which I discovered making this podcast myself. So the guest of this episode is from a pretty remote place. I hadn't heard of it before. I probably stumbled across its Wikipedia page in the past, but Zama City, the star of our show. So as she explained to me in our earlier days of messaging, don't be deceived by the full name. It's not actually a city. If you type Zama City into Google Maps when you're in Alberta and then zoom out, you'll see it's actually in the middle of nowhere. So it's very close to the border of the Northwest Territories, which to a lot of Canadians is truly a wilderness. So Zama is indeed a part of Alberta, and they often feel very disconnected from the rest of the province. However, they feel very strongly connected to the Albertan identity. So Kayla's lived there her whole life and has a rich amount of experience, mainly shaped by the oil industry, which as she mentioned, was why the city was created. So being from Zama, a place that's so remote, has given Kayla exposure to a really unique Alberta experience. And what Alberta means to her actually holds a lot of information for the material that we're looking for. Just as a small side note before we get started here, during this phone interview, I was quite a bit sick, so please forgive my voice, but do pay attention to what Kayla has to say. She was an incredible guest, and I'm so excited to bring to light her story and her Alberta experience from the remote town of Zama City. Enjoy. Actually, yeah, this is my first interview for the show, so I'm really happy that you... This, this- a little bit better, so I have nothing to like own up to. Yeah, exactly. I've like, done like 70 of them already. <laughs> yeah, no, you are the very first. Because Alberta is like so vast and so, uh, I don't know, diverse in different ways. Um, I mean, you have like mm-hmm. obviously people who live in the city, uh, people who live like on acreages, and you have like native reserves and um, lots of people who have immigrated, and so it's just, it's such a yeah, such a different <laughs> culture. Yeah, very, very diverse. We've got a little bit of everything. So. Exactly. And I found it interesting, like, um, I know there's some people, even in my family, who just kind of, like, Alberta to them is, like, such a huge part of their identity. And mm-hmm. then I have other people that I know in my circles who would never say something like that, <laughs> but are still yeah. in our province. And so it's just interesting to me, kind of, like, getting different experiences. And I was so intrigued by you because... I have always been, like, so curious about northern parts, I guess. What does being Albertan mean to you, being from Zama City? Um, well, I guess Alberta means to me uh, being proud of where you come from, um, working hard, showing pride in what you can accomplish, and having strong community involvement. Do you think that growing up in Zama has given you those values? Yes, I, I definitely do. Like, um, I think growing up in Zamas really made me become the person I am today just because it is such a close-knit, small community, and everybody knows everybody, so it's like a big family. And growing up there, I mean, I've, I've lived there for 23 years, wow. um, and growing up there, it's kind of been everyone. everyone's known who I am, so you you have to kind of make everybody proud is kind of how I always felt. Like, right. I need to show everybody that, you know, I can make them proud and I can be part of the community and I can be somebody that they can, you know, be proud of and talk about. And, and I mean, my mom, she's kind of volunteered us from a very young age. We've always been, you know, volunteering and helping and organizing. And that's kind of where that community involvement part grew from and why I'm so passionate about it. So. 
If you remember from last episode, hard work is something that Tehila also emphasized as a factor of recognizing and identifying Albertan culture. I love how Kayla explained this. She had such a motivation to be a hard worker, partly because it was instilled in her, but also because there's a strong community mentality in Zama, likely dictated by a sense of doing your part and being involved. So yeah, before we get more into that stuff, like maybe you can just talk about, I know you kind of already told me, but maybe just like talk about what Zama City is and how okay. how you got there and where it's located. Okay, so um, Zama is located in the very northwest corner of Alberta. Uh, it's actually, kind of fun fact, uh, one of Alberta's youngest communities. It was founded in the 1960s okay. to serve oil and gas industries. I ended up in Zama, my mom and dad, when I was one. I was actually born in Barhead, Alberta. And we moved to Zama when I was one. My mom and dad owned a trucking company, and we hauled water for, um, like, the oil companies and the rigs and stuff. And so we moved there and kind of set up shop, and that's been home ever since. Is is Zama somewhere that you see yourself staying for a longer period of time? Um, well, I mean, I, I grew up there. I went to school there. And as when I graduated, I moved away, and I went to Fort McMurray, and I went to college. And... I didn't think I was going to come back to Zama. It wasn't my goal to come back to Zama. I wanted to try different things. And I graduated college, and I couldn't find a job down south. And I got offered an amazing position at home that I couldn't refuse. I mean, I was 19 years old, and they were going to give me a company house and a truck and, you know, really good wage off the start and teach me everything I needed to know. So um, I ended up coming back to Zama. And I've been there now for almost, again, six years. Wow. So it's, um, I mean, it's definitely home, and I don't know if I see myself being here forever, but I probably will be here for at least another four to six years. Um, it's where, like, my mom's here and my sister's here, and, and uh, yeah, it's kind of just, it's home for me, so. Going back into the Albertan thing, what is, I guess, like, being from that area, how would, how would you define... Albertan culture, if someone were to ask you to. So Alberta, thinking of it as a whole, what do you think it represents? If I was to describe Alberta as a whole, um, I would say, like, definitely diversity. Like, our province has so much culture and traditions and heritage, and we have such a wide variety of people from all over the world. And I feel like we are still welcoming to all of these people and, you know, their traditions and heritage and culture. Sure. And um, I think Albertans... as a whole, are very hardworking, and we show pride in what we have and what we can accomplish. Um, I think northern Alberta differs a little bit, just because we are such a wide landmass, um, and you know, and not a lot of people. I believe, like our kind of culture up here, to me, is very strength and support. Right. Um, we're very supportive of each other, and we're very willing to help and be involved, and just show that. You know, we kind of are a big family up here, even though, you know, of course you don't know everybody, but I feel that being from the North is something to be proud of because not a lot of people can, I don't think, can do it. Like, it's definitely a totally different world up here. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, especially living in Zama, like, we, we're we an hour and a half away from a grocery store, so wow. you kind of have to make it work. Like. You know, oh, you're going to town, you can get me some groceries. Or, you know, before we even had a post office exam, it was someone would run to high level once a week and pick up everyone's mail. So it's very, like, like a wow. very supportive, knit community up here. 
As Kale is explaining this, I can't help but feel that I do understand a lot more the strong, almost provincial patriotism that people from northern communities in Alberta feel. As we learned from last week's episode, northern Alberta is a lot less diverse than urban Alberta, even though the province as a whole is still a mosaic. And actually, how Kale is describing the northern culture here is very reminiscent to a lot of accounts I've read on the history of Alberta and the first European settlers who moved here. Almost every European settler that came to Alberta moved here to work and to create a new sense of culture and community. Though they were all from different places, Scandinavia, Germany, Ukraine, they all decided to speak English and Canadianize themselves together in order to work as a community. This was almost necessary for them in order to survive in their new lifestyle and actually do well for themselves. That being said, hard work was a part of the classic sense of Albertan culture since its start. People feel strongly about that, and it's been passed down. Part of Alberta's history includes such a strong sense of identity in this concept of hard work that the farmers of the province created the United Farmers of Alberta as a political party to represent the independent spirit that was fostered here in this province. Here's a really great excerpt from the Canadian Encyclopedia that offers a great picture of this. It says, Alberta's first decade as a province was prosperous. Immigration accelerated, grain harvests were bountiful, new communities sprang up, and a network of railway lines rapidly expanded. Yet resentment grew among farmers who believed that their status as independent entrepreneurs was being jeopardized by the railways, banks, and grain elevator companies. The rise of the United Farmers of Alberta as a political party and their victory over the Liberals in the 1921 provincial election was in part a result of this unrest. So it makes a lot of sense that people have ingrained in them this idea of hard work being a thing of value because it was almost a survival mechanism when Alberta first became a province. I also love how they describe the farmers as having an entrepreneurial spirit. I think that actually still sticks in Alberta, whether rural or urban. Being proud of hard work and having that be a component of your culture is definitely something to be proud of. And knowing that there's a history behind that really helps me appreciate these smaller communities that I feel far removed from as an urbanite in Alberta. But now I definitely have an empathetic understanding of why this has been passed down so strongly to the people that live up north. I hope you guys enjoyed that little historical tidbit. I just thought that was so interesting that Alberta was literally founded on all these diverse people coming together from different cultures and deciding to work together as a community almost as a survival mechanism. They all valued hard work and even though they were different they came together to support one another and make the best of living in this province. Let's get back to the interview. Uh, in Bama, there's probably between, I would say, 70 and 90 um, permanent residents. Wow. During, yeah, it's, it's quite small. That's crazy. During the winter, we get lots of, like, transients up for, because it is an oil field town. Right. We, get, we have camps there. Um, so we have people come in from all over the province or, you know, even B.C., Saskatchewan to come up and work in Dama. So in the winter, we can get upwards of 2,000 people just because they're, they're there for work. So okay, wow. And what what is that season like for you? Like, what's it like having all those people there? It's, uh, it's kind of fun, actually. Like, I mean, the summer is very slow just because, you know, oil fields isn't as busy in the winter or in the summer. And having all these people up there, it's nice 
to, you know, meet some new people and get to know different people and, you know, see them. And it definitely brings, you know, more into our community, which is nice. Um, and it's, it's, it's just nice to have a few more people than, you know, the regular 70 that yeah. there is. So. And then you guys can go to like the, what's it called? The Stardust. <laughs> Uh, well, in Zama, we have, it's called, our bar is called Pump Jacks. Nice. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the other, the one other bar we have, well, Pump Jacks is, used to be, and now it's the Patch. So it's very, uh, very oil field town based. Nice. But it's, you know, you go play pool, have a drink, that's about it. But the, the Stardust is high level. So okay. high level is the community down from us. So we're okay. about 100 and 50-ish kilometers from Zama, so this is where wow. like, High Level is kind of our base for everything. Like, we've got our Canadian Tire, and we've got, you know, Tim Hortons and Subway, and, you know... There's no Tim Hortons in Zama at all? No, Zama is... Oh, my gosh. We have a <laughs> convenience store um, that's, like, you know, a little bit of groceries, uh, fuel, our liquor store, you know, gift shop. Like, it's all in one, and that's it. We don't have our... Like, we have a... We don't even have a restaurant. Like, it's an open camp that you can go eat at if you want. But it's it's very, like, wow. yeah, it's, it's totally different. So coming to high level, which is, like, kind of the, I guess, the base for everybody in the area, um, it's 150 kilometers away. So if you want to go to the doctor or, you know, go out for supper or get groceries or, you know, buy a pair of shoes, you have to drive all the way to high level to do that. Yeah, let that sink in for a little bit, all you people who live in the city. Literally driving an hour and a half to get to a Tim Hortons. That is insane to me. Kayla later described to me that once you turn off the highway, it's actually 63 kilometers of gravel road on the way to high level, so you have to drive a jacked up 4x4 truck to get there. Now that is true Albertan. I also wanted to ask the obvious question that we're probably all wondering... Is winter pretty harsh then, I imagine? It's, um, yeah, it can get pretty, pretty harsh. Like, it's, it's just really long. Like, everyone up here, by the time winter's over, it's like, okay, we're, we're ready for winter yeah. to be over. Because it's very, very long, long nights. Because there's not a lot of, you know, sun. Like, you, like, I go to work in the morning and it's dark. And at, you know, 4.30, it's starting to get dark again right. after work. Like, right. it's very minimal sun and it's just long days and it's cold and lots of snow and yeah so how do you the winter the winter like trying to you know get people together and do something is it's so hard because you know you are so far away from everybody and it's just yeah winters aren't i mean they're they're fun like you still have your fun but they're they're long for sure yeah okay interesting now um i'm just curious too like in zama it sounds like it sounds like a really tight-knit community, very small community. Are there, like, different diverse people groups in Zama? Um, there's not a lot in Zama. Like, we definitely, like, we do have, um, you know, kind of a, a smaller, like, native population. Okay. And we do have, um, uh, actually, just recently, we have a family that moved up. Um, I don't know exactly where they're from. Um, I believe they're from India. They actually just okay. moved up here, and he works at our water treatment plant. So it's been very cool to have them come in. Like I, I also work at the library, so they come into the library, and we you know chat about stuff, and they tell me about their culture and their heritage, and kind of what they do. And it's, it's very interesting to me because it's I, yeah, Zama's kind of just been you know oil field 
people and that's it so when other people come in and get to share you know their their culture with us it's it's kind of cool so you mentioned there's a bit of native populace there. Would you say that that's they're like integrated into Zama culture, or is it kind of a separate thing? Um, I think there there would be I would say integrated into Zama culture. Um, I mean we do have a lot of like uh, native reserves in the surrounding area, and they definitely have like their own culture and their their beliefs and their heritage, which is great, and you get to kind of see that as well, and so that. That's very cool. Cool. And so um, I also heard that there's quite a few pockets of, like, the Mennonite community. Is that accurate? Yes. So LaCrete, um, which is about, I would say, 280 kilometers from Zama, um, they're um, a Mennonite community. Okay. And they're very, like, they're very strong-cultured. And it's, I haven't spent a lot of time in LaCrete. Um when I was actually there in April, we got to sit down with some of the kids that we talked to at the school. Right. And, you know, they kind of talked to us about a little bit about their heritage and their culture and what they do. And, like, they, you know, grow up going to church. And they, you know, some of them, you know, wear the traditional clothing. And it's it's very different. Like, even they talked about, like, 10 years from now compared to now. Um, they're, uh, it, it's just very different. Like, you go there and, they've, you know, the outfits. And they've got... Um, I don't know how to explain this. Um, <laughs> it's a little bit hard, but um, they're uh, they're definitely a different different uh, community compared to the, yeah. the, the surrounding area, and they're they're very strong knit, and they have their very strong beliefs, and um, it's it's interesting to see like they've got a um, Crete Heritage Center that they they have out there and they have like a little Mennonite museum and it's very cool to see how the early days of LaCrete started and what it is now and it's, it's huh. yeah. That's super interesting and how would you, like what do you think someone from LaCrete would think about you in Zama? Like would they see you as I guess would they see you as Albertan and themselves as something else or what do you think? Um I would I wouldn't think that they think that, you know, we're Albertan and they're something else or vice versa. I think that it's very different for, for them. Like, uh, LaCrete's very farming community where we're definitely oil and gas community. Right. And um, I don't really know, I guess, how I think they would feel about, about that. Um, one thing that I'm, like, very proud to say about LaCrete, like, when they want something, they work together they get it done. They they they're very close knit. They you know work hard. Like they're probably one of the hard, most hardworking people I know. Like they cool. they they come into Zama. Like they do. Like the, I work for Mackenzie County, so um, Mackenzie County, Zama, Lacrete, and Fort Vermilion, and Royal High Level. Okay. So um, having um, Lacrete have one of our offices there, they have obviously lots of um, midnight community work for them. So they come up to them and do some work. And, I mean, they they get in there, they get the job done, they're hardworking. And I, I think they enjoy, like, coming to Zama and kind of, you know, seeing what we have compared to what they have, which isn't a lot. But right. Yeah, no kidding. Wow. Them, so. Interesting. And um, is, there a, is there actually, like, a native reserve near Zama in that area? Uh, yep. Yeah, so there's a couple. Um, 
they're from Zama, they're about probably about 100 kilometers um, away from us. We've got um, Chateau Native Reserve, and then there is uh, Meander, there's Paddle Prairie, there's Bushy, there's a couple other ones. I, I can't remember all of the names, okay. but we definitely have quite a few. Quite a few. And, and um, they're, they're very uh, traditional, and you know, have their beliefs, and it's it's very cool to see. Like, I actually have some friends that are from uh, Meander Native Reserve, okay. and getting to hear about, like, they still do the trap lines, and, you know, build build their the teepees, and you very, like, go to, go to church, and they're very, very traditional. Interesting. Sure. So you visited some of these reserves, or who haven't? Um, yeah, like, you drive, you normally drive through them in whatever okay. direction you're going. Um, so I've, I've probably spent more time in Meander than anywhere. A um, little bit of time in Paddle and Bushy, just because um, we used to do, it used to be really big up here, we used to do mud bogs. Okay, nice. So they would could you Could you expand bogs. on that, like what that is? So <laughs> I guess the mud bog. So we used to, it used to be huge up here. So it would be um, all the surrounding communities invited to um, either like Fort Vermilion or Bushy or Paddle or Zama. And it would be people from all over the region, even as far as like Grand Prairie people would come wow. up with it. And they'd bring their, you know, big jacked up mud bog trucks. <laughs> and it would be uh, like time trial races and then just um, like neck to neck races. And you'd have mud bog pits set up <laughs> and you would, you know, start and you fast one through the mud one and it would be <laughs> trucks and quads and dirt bikes even skidoos would have to you know go through the mud and that's awesome it was uh, it was it was so much fun like it was definitely one of the things that we were really proud of up here and it was we used to have a blast like and then there'd be um you know there's always a dance and there's always prizes and there's it's uh, yeah it was always a good time and we kind of it's not as much of the thing as it used to be um just because people kind of got out of it but uh it was yeah it was always a good time going to the mud bog <laughs> now the reason i was asking kayla so much about the other diverse cultures in this area as remote as it is was exactly for this kind of information there is still in this town of only 70 to 90 people that only has one family with an ethnic background a coming together of Albertan societies in a mosaic. Next on my bucket list is definitely taking all my podcast guests up to a mud bog in Zama. I loved hearing this, and it made me think that culture is created in such strange ways sometimes, especially in a place like Alberta. Whether it's a mutual decision like the European settlers made, or if it's a bunch of mud and trucks, this is what brings people together in societies like ours. Um, okay, so this might be a bit more of a tough question, and I do I do want you to be really candid and just kind of, like, tell me what your opinion is. Um, okay. But, yeah, I think a lot of people in Calgary um, view the North or view people, even, like, Northern of Edmonton. Um, there's this kind of, like, perception that there is, like, yeah, there's a lot of, like, racist undertones and people are really um, closed off and kind of, yeah, they kind of view people from the city as not being a part of the real culture. Um, I'm not going to ask you if you believe that. <laughs> I feel like you're very open-minded. Um, but do you think in, in your community, is there, is there a lot of that attitude? And is there, how would you just, how would you explain why that exists if it is true? Well, I think, um, I think it kind of goes both ways. Like, I mean, 
there are some people in the north that view you know city culture and city life as something I guess <laughs> trying to be nice about it um, that you know it's it's not hard work living in the city right you know working up in the north and you know being working working at oil and gas and working in farming is much more of a you know man's job and it's it's more more of a, a lifestyle than living in the city and you know right. going to work in an office and wearing a suit and tie because you know that that's not being you know a real man I guess sure how I would view it um yeah I think that some people in the north are very very opinionated when it comes to city life that you know that's right. that's not something they would ever do or something that they would consider because you know that's that's not an actual life and you know getting on a subway and not actually driving your own vehicle like what is that kind of thing and I think it kind of goes both ways where to like um city life and you know maybe more central Alberta when they look at the north they're kind of like oh you know why do people live up there and you know they they could do so much more being in the city and you know what do they even do and you know we we don't need to have you know these people up there like they're all just live in the city and yeah and it, it kind of goes a little bit both ways, and which is, I mean, not all people, of course, think that way, but it's, um, I mean, you definitely have those few people that are kind of, you know, city haters or, yeah. you know, northern Alberta haters, so. Yeah, and I, I think that's kind of sad because it kind of t- separates our province a bit. and It does. Like, I, like, I mean, you have Alberta as a whole, but then I, I, I truly believe that, you know, northern Alberta is kind of viewed as its own little world up here. Right, right. Just because it is so far away and there's not a lot of people. Like, I would probably say in our whole region, I don't know, maybe 20,000 people. Uh, that uh, that could be wrong, but I wouldn't say yeah. we have a lot. Yeah. So, I mean, you go from, you know, a city with millions of people in it to a whole part of Alberta that only has, <laughs> you know, 20, 30,000, so. Yeah, and do you think do you think people up north in their opinion, would say that they're more Albertan than people in the city? Um, I think some people have that mentality because, you know, they're, they work in, yeah. they're farmers, or they work in oil and gas, and they drive the big jacked-up trucks, and, you know, they've got the Alberta Strong sticker on the back window. Sure. And, you know, definitely more, I, I feel like, maybe not just in northern Alberta, but, like, even even down to, up like to Edmonton area too. Yeah. That there's a lot of people that it's like you know if we you live in the country that you're more Albertan than somebody that lives in the city. Yeah, totally. I think even like in Calgary area, like the people who live on the surrounding in the surrounding areas would say that as well. I think this is such an important discussion for our province to have. We have so much more in common with each other than we would think. I was curious next to know if Kayla thought her friends on the nearby reserves would feel the same way about Alberta if their traditional ways of life on this land were respected. Here's what she had to say. I feel like it is respected, and being in the North, like, I believe it's respected a lot more, just because, you know, we, we do try to keep their, their tradition and heritage alive, and, you know, they still have the trap lines, and they still have the cabins, and, right. and it's great to see that. And, and we actually just had a, um, a, over Canada Day, we had a trapper's rendezvous. Um, they've done this... Um, they go to a different community every year and do this. And it was so interesting to see, because, I mean, I've, I've lived here for 23 years, and there's people that I, you know, didn't know 
live this lifestyle and it's great and they you get together and you have everyone has a booth and it's you know showing off your trap line and your trapping and and what you do and how you kind of you see their hobby trapping or a lifestyle and it's great to see and you have you know the the crafting and the you know moccasins and the, it, it's so interesting to see wow. all of these people come together and that this is still something that's so so strong and people still this is you know this is how they make a living they do trapping and you know make crafts and moccasins and and it's it, it was it was very cool very cool to see so that's so awesome and it sounds like, yeah, you guys have a lot more of a grip on that kind of culture up north, which is really cool. I think, I think we do. Um, like we're, I mean, there's, I, I'm very respectful of it just because I believe that, you know, we should keep things, um, you should keep a, a culture and a heritage or traditions alive. So to me, I love seeing, you know, especially the, the native traditions. It's very interesting to me to see that and to be a part of it. Um, but of course you have everyone in all different cultures that kind of ruin it for some others. So what do you think is the biggest issue facing Zama, but also the province currently? Issues that I guess the North sometimes faces is that people don't understand what the North is about and think that, you know, we can just get whatever we want up here, do whatever we want, or, you know, if we, we can't get something, well, why live there? Just move to the city. Like, if you, you know, can't get, you know, Amazon shipping to the north, then why <laughs> live there? Like, you know, live in the city and it would be fine. Or, you know, why are you complaining about, you know, a carbon tax when, you know, you could just live in the city and not drive a vehicle and it would be fine. Right. And it's like, well, you know, this, this is a way of life up here and this is something we're proud of. And, you know, yeah, it's not the greatest to have to drive eight hours to go to Costco, but, you know, we do it because we, we love being up here and it's, we love being a part of such a strong community sense. And, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it. Like, I, I truly love saying that I'm from the North and I'm proud That's to awesome. from the North. Yeah. And I love to be able to share, you know, kind of what we, what, what we are up here because it is kind of its own little, little world and we... We, uh, we definitely um, differ from the rest of the province just because we are so far away from everybody, but it's, um, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it, so. Cool, that's awesome. That's so good to hear. I feel like, um, yeah, it's, it always is such a mystery to me, and it's kind of hard to imagine being kind of, I don't know, so apart from everything, so it's really encouraging to hear there's a good community that's formed. So, so what's your hope for Zama in the future? watched it I mean I've lived there for 23 years so I've, I've seen it at its you know prime booming and then I've seen it kind of at its low point and and I mean I I always hope there's going to be a Zama and that there's going to be you know people there that are proud to be there and and truly love being there and I hope that um there is a lot of stuff going on in the province right now so I do hope that Alberta kind of or that Zama stays kind of how it is and and we still have our little community up there Thank you so much to everyone who listened to this episode with our new friend Kayla Wardley. I certainly feel honored that I could help put this little oil town, one of Alberta's newest, on the map. 
I want to know your thoughts about this episode. I also want to know if anyone has been to Zama. If you have, please tweet me some pictures and tell me some stories. My handle is at Josiah Podcast on Twitter. I'd love to feature some of them on the next episode and also put them on the website for everyone to see. As we continue to uncover more Alberta stories, my hope is that your worldview expands and you're encouraged to ask more questions of the people around you, particularly the ones you don't understand. There's likely a history behind it and a friend to be made. A special thank you this week to my friend Jay McDonald, who set up the connection with Kayla when he was up north on a speaking tour. Thank you so much, Jay, for believing in this project and also giving me Kayla as a connection. And of course, a huge thank you to Kayla herself. Actually, the funniest thing happened this Christmas. I've never met Kayla in person. We only chatted over Facebook prior to this. But I was volunteering at the Nutcracker production by the Alberta Ballet, and I swear I saw her walk by and was about to run and stop her, but I couldn't be sure since I'd only seen her online. Turns out she was all the way down here in Calgary from Zama for the holidays. And I literally don't know if I'll ever see you again, Kayla, since we are many hours away. I missed my one chance you were in the city, but I do hope I can come to Zama soon. Thank you so much again, guys, for listening. I hope you'll tune in next week for another great episode and another new perspective on Alberta as a culture. I'm your host, Josiah Sinanen. Thank you for tuning in to Anti Culture. We'll see you next week.